Welcome to the Good You Can Do podcast, where we share tips and strategies to help you reduce waste, live a healthier life, and protect the planet for future generations. My name is Andrew Duncan, and you can find out more about this project at our website, goodyoucando.com. In this episode, I'll be talking you through how to become an earthworker. A few years ago, I started to become interested in growing more food at home, like many of us are right now. I was frustrated by the lack of access to affordable organic food, and I wanted to find a way to get healthy produce into our lives, you know, free from synthetic pesticides, insecticides, and fertilizers, and all the, uh, all the parts that have become uh, common in, in modern farming agriculture. And so growing at home, I started off making all the rookie mistakes. I was sowing seeds at the wrong time of year, um, not watching the climate, not looking at what would grow when. I was planting vegetables that were unlikely to grow in Wellington. I was doing things like planting avocado trees, hoping that that would work, even though deep down I knew they wouldn't really suit our local climate. And most importantly, I... I didn't start out by understanding the way soil, microbes, and plants interact with each other. During this initial learning phase, I was constantly told by people around me, uh, anyone that I asked advice from, that I needed to fix issues by applying various chemicals or inputs. Um, you know, if you've got caterpillars on your brassicas, on your cabbage, broccoli, etc., you know, there's a powder for that. Um, if your fruit, le- fruit trees have curly leaves, there's a spray for that. There is this belief system permeating modern gardening stores in particular that you need inputs to get outputs. The bag of strawberry fertilizer is always right next to the strawberry plants. Ask for advice and you'll be told that you can't plant anything and expect results unless you add manure, blood and bone, powdered fertilizers. The list goes on. For fruit trees, the range of products gets even more intense. It's herbicides, fungicides, and fertilizers specific to each type of plant, all designed to help us take control and, and have dominion over, over nature. Want a pretty lawn with no weeds? Cover it in Roundup, aka glyphosate, which itself is the focus of thousands of lawsuits from users that now have cancer. I, for one, don't want any glyphosate, any Roundup, anywhere near my property or my kids. To be fair, this is the model these gardening centres know, and for them, it gets immediate results. But at what cost to our soil, which sustains all life on Earth, and our long-term health? Right from the start of my journey, this traditional pump your soil full of inputs approach didn't resonate with me. I couldn't understand why I needed all these chemicals just to grow plants. Why are we trying to take control of nature? Why are we trying to work with and for nature instead? Can't I just grow plants the way nature intends? A wild plum tree doesn't have anything sprayed on it. These questions were constantly on my mind as I tried to grow fruit and vegetables with some success while avoiding that traditional approach. I wanted our home garden to be completely organic, because otherwise, what's the point, right? If I want massively pumped up vegetables with Lord knows what sprayed onto them, I'll just pop on over to Countdown. I'm growing at home because I want the food to be healthier, and because I don't want to be using harsh chemicals 
anywhere near my young family. This is the stage where I found my mentors. I started to get an inkling that it was possible to grow food without all the additives when I first came across Rory and his team at Kai Cycle in Newtown, Te Whanganui Atara, Wellington. They run what is called a Community Supported Agriculture Project, a CSA project. With a CSA, as a customer, you pay a weekly subscription and receive a box of incredibly fresh, diverse, organic produce every single week. No plastic, no chemicals, just good health in a box. The community-supported agriculture model is a game-changer for growers and is the future of food in this country. In a CSA system, there is zero waste. The farmer only harvests what they need to fill the weekly boxes, and they know exactly how much they need to grow at the start of each season when their customers sign up. Farmers have a secure income that can help them survive crop failures or tricky weather patterns, knowing that their customers will stand by them, even if the boxes vary slightly in size from week to week. Farmers also won't have slightly imperfect produce rejected by large supermarket chains who only want to stock perfectly straight carrots. Instead, they can add them to your weekly box and make sure none of that goodness goes to waste. So when I met Rory and his team and had a look around the Kai, the Kai Cycle urban farm, I felt like this is how I want to grow food. How do I learn to do what they're doing? One day, I was looking at the Kai Cycle website, searching for tips and advice, when I came across the Earthworkers Regenerative Horticulture Program, run by For the Love of Bees, a charitable trust based in Tamaki Makoto, Auckland, on a mission to grow radical hope through food. Needless to say, I signed up and the Earthworkers course has been a game changer. They taught me how to become a biology first, regenerative, organic grower. Within about 20 minutes of attending the first day, I knew I had found my tribe. This was the missing knowledge I needed. It filled in all the gaps. The Earthworkers course taught me how nature thrives and how I can help create the best possible conditions for life in any area I am lucky to interact with. I am no longer a home gardener. I am a microbe and photosynthesis farmer. I build soil that is full of life and capable of growing the tastiest, healthiest food you can imagine. Not by turning the soil upside down or adding a crap load of chemicals, but by understanding that what healthy soil needs is a variety of exudates from a variety of plant species and as little disruption as possible. Whatever you do, don't dig up your soil. Instead of forking your soil and applying fertilizer, you create healthy soil by applying a small amount of compost, made at home if possible, then plant a diverse mix of plants in every working space, which will work together to feed the microbes in the soil, providing those same plants with access to all the nutrients they need, as a beautiful network of nematodes, microbes and mycorrhizal fungi develop beneath the ground. Every time you do anything to disturb that soil, like pulling a plant out by its roots, or digging the ground to add horse manure, or turning your garden bed over to loosen the soil, you are disturbing an intricate network of organisms and destroying a habitat that harbours more life than you or I could possibly imagine. So I'll say it again, whatever you do, don't dig up your soil. 
Another key pillar of this regenerative approach is that weeds are not the enemy. Weeds grow when they aren't crowded out by species that you have chosen to plant. Weeds are helpful because they are feeding the soil different types of exudates. Weeds keep the soil healthy until you are ready to plant the crops you want. Weeds are sending you a message saying, plants can grow here. And I love this quote from Tane Ferry, who's a fellow trustee at For the Love of Bees. He uh, we're on a video call one day and he said, where I once saw mess in my garden, I now see life. It's so beautiful. The only time you need to remove weeds and do it without disturbing the soil is when they start shading the plants you do want to flourish, like baby vegetable seedlings. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, but what about pests? What about all the little insects attacking my plants? And uh, I'm going to explain the approach here through the Earthworkers model. Um, I will just say here that I'm still on my learning journey. So if anyone listening to this is a super um, plant scientist and feels like I've got anything wrong, um, please feel free to let me know. And uh, I'm not an ex- a complete expert yet, but I'm learning all the way. And this, this is a really good way of uh, really locking in that education that I've had by sharing this learning with you all. So, back to the question, what about pests? Many of the chemicals applied to plants in the modern agriculture model are sprayed or applied to deter pests. In the plant world, these pests recycle sick plants. In fact, they aren't really pests at all. They are the great workers of the plant and soil kingdom, breaking down organic matter and freeing up nutrients to create food for the vast network of organisms living under our feet and the plants growing around us. Plants that are deficient in some way have what's called a low BRICS level. Their BRICS level is essentially their sugar content. These plants send out an infrared signal which says, eat me, take me away. So these workers come along, consume the plant, and all the nutrients get recycled back into the soil. Plants that are healthy, on the other hand, have a high BRICS level, a high sugar content. They send out an infrared signal which says, don't eat me. I'm healthy. Because they have a higher bricks level, they have higher sugar content in their leaves. This protects them from more, from the most common pests because those same pests aren't able to process sugar. They don't have a pancreas. Nature has designed this elegant system to ensure that healthy plants thrive while unhealthy plants are removed from the system and their nutrients recycled. And in the show notes, I'll have a link to learn more about pricks levels if you're keen to read up on that. I found that particular subject to be one of the most interesting aspects of the Earthworkers program. uh, And it was a real aha moment for me. So next time you see caterpillars attacking your cabbages, don't reach for a chemical. Ask yourself, why is this plant getting attacked? What is missing from my environment? Have I damaged the soil by turning it over and applying too much fertilizer? What could I plant with my cabbages to provide the soil with a wide variety of exudates, creating a healthy ecosystem for growing healthy food? The most common mistake is applying too much stuff. Too much compost, too much blood and bone, too much fertilizer, too many chemicals. This causes damage that the soil can take years to recover from. Always remember that with any action you undertake in a growing or gardening space, you are either degrading or restoring the soil. There is no grey area.
Before you go, if this story resonated with you, please consider signing up for the Earthworkers course. It's a life-changing experience. You can also help by finding and joining a local CSA project in your area. That's the weekly veggie box that I mentioned earlier in the episode. CSA projects really are the future of food production. A decentralized network of small-scale urban farms in every neighborhood providing weekly vegetable boxes to their local community using a community-supported agriculture model. Growing food this way creates a zero-waste farming system that produces healthy, organically grown produce in a climate-positive framework. It's climate change mitigation, local job creation, community food security, and improved health outcomes all rolled into one. So join the movement, find a CSA in your area today. And if you can't find a CSA project near you, join the Earthworkers program and learn how to grow healthy food at home and or how to start your own local CSA. And just a, uh, a little footnote at the end, since attending the Earthworkers program, I'm excited to say I have now become a trustee of the For the Love of Bees Charitable Trust. And I'm super excited to use my skills to help the trust realize their vision of growing radical hope through food. And I'll be excited to share more stories about other earth workers and their CSA projects on this podcast in the weeks and months ahead. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>